Join the party and spirits are playing in your city. God, we're so excited. Eric will be wearing his DMing glove the entire trip. I'm both worried and excited. Seven cities, 10 days at the end of March 2024. Your two favorite podcasts, Join the Party and Spirits, are performing live. We're playing games, rolling dice, making monsters, and a whole lot more. So come see us in Seattle at the Hereafter on March 21st. Minneapolis at Granada on March 22nd. Chicago at Reggie's on March 24th. Boston at the Rockwell on March 25th, New York City at Littlefield March 26th, Philly at City Winery March 27th, and D.C. at Atlas Brewworks on March 28th. Get your tickets right now at jointhepartypod.com slash live. That's jointhepartypod.com slash live. There you can see all the ticket links and find the city that works for you. When you're rolling the bones, your future is looking good. Join us. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 86, Your Urban Legends, part 11. Oh, I love your spooky stories. So spooky, the stories. They're very good this time. (laughs) Is 86 a spooky number? 11. It's the same number, but twice. (laughs) Okay, if you say so. Julia, I've been uh, enjoying the leftovers from the six pack that you brought me. So please tell the good people what we were drinking during this episode. Um, So you know how much we love doing uh, hometown local beer for our hometown Urban Legends episodes. Hell yeah. Uh, So this week we were drinking bungalow beer from Crooked Ladder Brewery. It's a really nice pale ale and it's delightful. I know. There's nothing like a crisp beer that makes you think, yes, I could and maybe will drink this all day long. Do you know who else could drink these all day long, Amanda? Would that be our newest patrons, Michael, Amanda, Velm, an actual human person, and Sarah? <laughs> For the record, Velm and an actual human person are two separate people. <laughs> <laughs> I know, commas are very, very tricky. Uh, though people who have an absolutely unquestionable grasp over the usage of commas will be our supporting producer-level patrons. Philip, Julie, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Ella, Ashley Marie, Neil, Jessica, Maria, Ryan, Philfresh, and Deborah. Y'all never have to question whether you're the ghosts or if the ghosts are the person that you're tracking the entire time it'll make sense in the episode it'll make sense and thanks as always to those legend level patrons which like that tier name to me is enough to say hey i want to be among this number uh but those that support us on patreon and get a real physical package in the mail every single month sandra audra mercedes jack marie leanne and cassie thank you all so much y'all are wonderful legend is it barely describes how great you are. We would also love to thank Skillshare, who was our sponsor for this episode. They're an online learning community where you can learn and teach just about anything. So whether you're trying to learn a new hobby or teach someone about something you have learned in your career, you can go to Skillshare.com spirits to get two months of Skillshare premium for just 99 cents. I can't even buy a beer for 99 cents. Julia, I had the literal same thought in my brain. Twinsies. I... This is why we're friends. Um, (laughs) But we'll tell you a little bit more about Skillshare later on in the episode. If you like our show, you like the Multitude family of products, and you should definitely check out our newest show. Amanda, tell them about our newest show. 
Yeah. So if you put Multitude into your podcast app, this very podcast app that you are listening to us through or the website, Multitude.Productions, you will see our newest show, which honestly, y'all, you have to check it out just for the episode, just for the cover art alone. Uh, Multitude art mom, Allison Kate, did her thing again and has made the most, maybe the most gorgeous podcast art ever. I love ours, but it's very good. It's quality shit. And the show is called Horse. It is a podcast about everything that happens off the court in basketball. Uh, Now, you might be saying, Amanda, I don't give a shit about basketball. I'm a mythology nerd. I listen to spirits. Um, Neither did I, y'all, until I got to know Mike Schubert and Eric Silver, two people who can make literally anything interesting. So in Horse, they focus on, like, memes and internet beef and drama between players and the, like, weird, you know, accounting and law and logistics behind basketball. It is the best. They make sports. It's really interesting for someone like me who has never been a fan. So it seems like so intimidating, you know, to really get into the sport. But um, Horse is well worth your while. Definitely check it out. The trailer dropped this Monday as you're listening to this episode. And the new episode drops Monday after that. Right, Amanda? Exactly. And you can listen to the very first episode early if you like being exclusive and getting things early by supporting them on Patreon at patreon.com slash horse hoops. I think that will do it for us today. So with that, enjoy Spirits Podcast, episode 86, Your Urban Legends, part 11. Five, four, three, two, one. No joke, I always get scared. Like when you guys come in at three, I like suddenly I'm like, oh, and then I have to like, I have to remind myself. Spooked out by his own self. that That I need to like, keep counting so like i feel like there's always like a bit of a weird pause between my three and two because i'm like oh gosh why are they saying stuff oh boy i guess you guys should start it and then i'll get into my listen i've been drinking solidly for three hours so we can do whatever the hell you want is basically what the thing is welcome to spirits podcast our 11th haunted that's definitely the cold open julie don't worry yep, about it apparently it's fine <laughs> it's very good this is always really fun for us because we tend to record them like on sunday nights or on like monday nights like starting out our week with each other um and it's really lovely to read your emails which you can send us any dang time you want at spiritspodcast at gmail.com the like m- closer to the witching hour you send it though the more likely we will we will read it What's so i mean that's just hour, Eric? that's true the witching hour is 24-7 here at Spirits Podcast. <laughs> I love he it. He brought it back. He brought it back. I love it. Guys, I'm dealing with a podcaster's worst nightmare. Oh, no. Um, which is a blue apron recipe. That's not the, <laughs> that's not, that's not the bad part. Blue the apron, bad part is us. that my girlfriend prepared some kind of, it started with a V. I don't remember the word, but it was some kind of style of shrimp. And it was maybe the spiciest thing I've had in some time. And my mouth's just on fire. And I'm trying to calm that fire with a glass of whiskey. So I feel like beer would be more appropriate in this situation, but I don't know. We're in one of those situations. Looks like you had a very fun weekend. What'd you do? What did I do? We, me and my girlfriend, we bought bikes. And then we went down to the uh, Cuyahoga Valley towpath, which is one of the uh, largest um national parks in ohio it's probably the only national park in ohio now what does towpath mean is it towing like i'm towing stuff there's a train and there's a towpath it's part of the erie and ohio canal and you can ride along it where the donkeys used to walk the mules used to walk 
and you can yes. actually get down to this nice town called Peninsula and take a train back. We were Ooh. unable to do that because the train <laughs> no. schedule didn't didn't work oh, no. with my with my schedule for later on in the day. We wouldn't have gone back till five, but we did that. It was great. We also have new neighbors downstairs yeah. in our in our house that we live in, and that's exciting. Big weekend. That sounds amazing. Big weekend. Lots of stuff. Lots yeah, of stuff. Listeners, uh, Eric was bragging about his his bike choices in our uh, in our group Slack this weekend, and it was wonderful. It was, it was really great. stylish. Yeah. Yes. I took the subway to the beach for the first time, uh, which you can do here in New York City. Now, you told me that this was happening, and I immediately assumed that this is is a bad situation because we've been to the beach together via New York City, and it was, uh, we took the train, which is the different. The commuter train, yeah. The commuter train, exactly. And that was very pleasant. <laughs> but you took the subway, and I was like, this sounds... Terrible. There are plush seats on the commuter train. There are not plush seats on the subway. And there are cars at the end of the commuter train that belong to you or your family or friends That's to true. take you to the beach. So being from a beach town, I was very hesitant to take the subway to the beach because I was like, normally you just like open the trunk, you put in your chairs, your umbrellas, your coolers. You're not limited by the amount that you can carry over long distances, just the amount you can carry from the car to the beach, which may take several trips at, at some points. Or you give it to your adolescent brothers who carry it instead. Um, and so I was V nervous to take the A train for an hour uh, down to Rockaway Beach. But you know what? It was the funnest thing I've done in a long time. It was awesome. The train was very efficient. It was like a four block walk. Uh, and the beach was lovely. I felt like a pro. I packed my cooler efficiently. I knew what I was doing. Um, and it was super, super fun. So my, my lesson here is, you know, take risks sometimes and risk uncomfortable, you know, and risk being uncomfortable because occasionally it will work out very, very well. Other times sure. it ends in ghosts. So, you know, uh, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. And now that we've done our pretty much like end of episode wrap up, where we give you some good advice, that's that's this week, this week of spirits. So until next week, the goodbye. conclusion from my emails is uh, don't have jobs or relatives or school because sometimes those end in ghosts. I mean, that checks out. I'm ready. Yeah. Like logistically. Who wants to start this week? Can I start? Ooh, you can yeah, start. Because I have a follow up email. You can do whatever Ooh, the well, hell I mean, you want. We gotta, we gotta start, start with a follow up then. So, this reads: Spirits team, your boys back. <gasps> King because, of Crawdads. Yep, because Crawdads I immediately Crawdads form Crawdads attached to anyone who gives me any attention. So, congrats, you're all my parents now. Hell uh, yeah! Also, I yes. heartily accept my new role as Eric. <laughs> Rory's got you there. They got you. Oh okay. good. Got me. So. Since he, the re- I got him. What happened? I don't remember. They have oh, your role now. Since the reading of my first email had me making noises that made my mom think that the cats were crying for help, I have decided to send another story. Not one of the previously teased ones, though, because none of them are quite meaty enough for an email. Though I may send my siren one at some point if you're not sick of me by the end of this. Trust us. We are not sick of you. No, continue. This is what I like to call my spooky boy anthology. Four-ish different spooky encounters of mine that all share an uncomfortable similarity. Images and editor notes for my kittens uh, will be provided for your convenience, which I appreciate. I always want kittens. <gasps> Photos of cats? Yes. 
Yes. I, I will I will send them later. Don't worry. I'll try my best to keep this relatively short, but my hunger for a ridiculously dramatic prose may get the best of me. Future me has got quite the editing to do. Okay, so Julia, you've seen the email. It's How good. did the editing go? It's good. It's, <laughs> it's good? Real, it's all real good. Uh, good. Okay. okay, I'm excited. I've I mean, I'm sure in. it was going to be good. First one starts with tall boy. Age at the time, 15. The first S... <laughs> they shortened it to SB, which is spooky boy. The first SB I shall describe was what I consider the traditional spooky. You know that feeling you get when you're alone in your room at night and feel like something's there? Of course you do. It's like the beach kiss scene of creepy stories. Anyway, I was sitting on my bed, writing an essay on Shakespeare's dick jokes, and getting a shitload of that feeling. I tried God, my best to friends. ignore it. Yeah, uh, I know. They're amazing. Cecil is already our best friend. Anyway, I tried my best to ignore it, but because fuck that. But eventually, it was so strong, I looked up from writing, which says a lot. And there was this spindly motherfucker. <laughs> I, I like that I can read. I know exactly the tone to read these in. I really appreciate yeah, You're that. doing great, babe. He was standing in my closet, which doesn't have any doors, and watching me. He was tall and looked like he was made out of scribbles. He had no features except for two long white eyes. And he watched. I blinked. And he was gone. And this is spooky level one of four? This is one of four. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, they say, now, I could have brushed this off as a trick of the light, were it not for my previous experiences with these spooky boys. Cecil knows too much. The next one is, bed boy, age, 15, but like several months before tall boy in the closet. <laughs> I was over at my friend's house for the night, which is never a sentence that precedes anything good with these sort of stories. I, I, we we had was, a really great heart-to-heart and got quite vulnerable with each other, and it's a conversation I reflect back on with, with great affection. Nope, never that. No. It was probably around three in the morning, and me, being the idiot that I am and forgotten to take my sleep meds, was wide awake. I was listening to podcasts to pass the time and had been relaxing to the voices of the McElroys when I felt a weight on me. As if hold something... on, hold on, real quick, real quick. This sure. is not, this is not related. How old, how old were they? Fifteen. Okay, I, I'm on the on the cusp of turning thirty, and so <laughs> a fifteen-year-old, fifteen, sixteen. Which one was it? Fifteen. So a fifteen-year-old having the concept of a podcast is wild. wild. Is wild to me, and like specifically a McElroy podcast, which is like that, like second third wave of, of yeah. the big podcast you, you could drink situation. by the time the McElroy started podcasting yeah exactly yeah. like i've been listening to the, the, those McElroy boys <laughs> since like pre-episode 100 and by that point like i could already like probably run for like u.s representative Jesus. so <laughs> this is just like it's hard to like the kids to like put this into a time i know a time space for me Okay. You can you can continue. Side note, I, I love when parents talk about listening to podcasts with their kids. I just think it's so sweet. And like my, my parents weren't big readers, so I couldn't like bond with them over the same media that I do with my friends. So the idea of parents listening to the show together and just talking about like things that we talk about or other podcasts, I guess, is just it warms my heart. I love it. Okay. Send so us anyway. selfies of you and your parents. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, they felt a weight on them, continuing on, as if something was climbing across my legs. No. My friend had a dog and cat, so I just assumed it was one of them. Though it hadn't really felt like an animal. It felt like human. 
I looked over at my friend. She was fast asleep. The cat curled up oh. next to her. The dog no. snoring away at her feet. No! So, fuck no. that. Then no. I saw it. No. It was the same sketchy, white-eyed creature as I described nope. before, except this one was hunched over on all fours less than five feet away from me. In the eating position! That's the position that Bye. these eat and suck your brains out. I'm out. I decided I much preferred shitty Yahoo questions to this actual fucking demon, so I squeezed my eyes shut, turned up the volume on my headphones, and did not look again for at least an hour. Of course, by then, it was gone. I mean, that would be fine if there was no feeling and sensation dimension to this haunting, but there was. Next one. Cat oh boy. scaring boy. I'm, I'm now going to like like double down on Amanda's that's creepy level two. I'm not ready for three and four. There's like, two She wasn't more. ready for one. There's drink two your drink, I'm babe. no longer prepared at all. Drink, drink that drink. whiskey. Time to go. All right. Cat scaring boy. Age 10. When I lived in the blue house where I saw the heck pupper, I had so two things. So Pokemon thi- Sapphire had just come out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had two things important to the story. A hallway between my room and my brother's with no door or any other way to cover it. And a cat named Icarus. Solid naming. God, my Cecil dude. is just living their best life and they are like I a teenager. Them. I love them I love so it. much. I love it. So Icarus liked to sleep in my bed with me because we were bros. It was around nine at night and pretty dark out. I was petting Icarus and he was purring because he was a fucking suck up. I heard footsteps <laughs> in the hallway. His purring stopped abruptly and his fur stood on end. Concerned no. about my furry bud, I gently picked him up and asked, what's wrong? He gripped his claws into my shirt and stared in pure horror at the hall. I looked over and in seconds, my cat and I were wearing the exact same expression. See, we have the special bond. Uh, there was one of those figures there. She was watching us like the others and had her hand pressed onto the wall. Now, I say she because while all the others gave off either a genderless or vaguely masculine aura, I could immediately feel that this one was a woman. You'd think ghosts would join me in the whole fuck gender category, but I guess not. Anyway, it was horrifying. Also, the first one I ever saw. Oh, my God. And Let's just get to four. Let's rip the band-aid. The last boy. Tiny boy. Age 16. This is about as hard to follow in terms of chronology as it's Westworld fine. season two. And I am <laughs> into it. I know. I love that Cecil's like uh, uh, ghosts per year ratio is real high. They are having a lot of significant hauntings in like the course of one year. I appreciate it. I work as a library page. I'm pretty used to creepy shit there, but it's mostly in the form of Why? adult men Why thinking... Why are you used to that? You don't have to be used to that. Not all libraries are haunted. But it's Go mostly in the form of adult Go men thinking library. I'm there for them to hit on and ask about dreams. Unfortunately for them, I'm gay as fuck. But this creepy was more of the Grudge Jr. level. And also kind of cute. Grudge Jr. <laughs> Grudge <laughs> Jr. was my favorite cable channel in the 90s. <laughs> All right. I was shelving books, as is my job, and one of the shelves is too full for me to put them in, so I began shifting books down to make room. I pulled a few books off and dropped them on my foot when I saw what was behind them. It was a tiny little spooky boy. (gasps) They were hardly as big as my finger and probably the most adorable hellspawn I'd ever seen. 
Now, the reason why this is the weirdest one is that unlike the others, this guy didn't disappear after a few moments. No, this thing decided it wanted a ride. So when a spooky boy wants something, you better do it. And that's the story of how I had a tiny demon on my shoulder gripping my shirt in an extremely corporeal feeling way for at least 10 minutes before it disappeared. Uh, No. uh, I'm floored. That is adorable. Has Cecil said where they live? No, they haven't. Okay, well, please tell us where you live so we can never go within 100 miles of there. It sounds terrifying. In it sounds general like, It sounds like you're living in, like, I don't know, A the spaghetti spookiest warehouse. part of Halloween town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, they said, anyway, I hope you like these. And I'd like to thank you before I forget for getting both my name and pronouns right the uh, last time I sent something in. And always feel free to send your pronouns in with your email because we will default today if we don't know. And if it is something different, let us know. Yes, we would love to. Yes. We would love to use the correct pronouns for y'all. It is super helpful. It really is. And anyway, that is from Cecil, the true king of the crawdads with the help of Pepita and Coco. Cecil absolute can't argue unit. can't argue with can't argue with that anymore Never. absolute unit <laughs> i was super into the idea of like little like fairies like garden fairies and stuff and my grandma mm-hmm. and i would make like little fairy houses out of clothespins and things um and that idea of the tiny little hell spawn in the library just wanting a hand a little ride just is so, so cute and libraries are the best they're haunted with knowledge and also hellboys i have Two emails from Anna. One is listed as Eric Friendly, (laughs) while a little freaky. And one is listed as Not So Eric Friendly. I have vetted both of these (laughs) emails. And I'm starting with the Not So Eric Friendly one. So we don't end on a spooky note. Thank you, Anna. Or like we end on a spooky note, but it's just like... Fun, casual, spooky. It's not, not stone like, dog sad, is what you're not telling like me. the saddest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> stone how, dog, get out of my dare. life. I did find like another sad dog story in the emails at one point. I was like, I can't do how that. I can't you. do that to him. Thank you. That's correct. <laughs> All right. This story comes from Anna, and they write Like road trips, camping was something we did nearly every school holiday and sometimes over the weekends. On occasion, we'd even get days off school to get the really good spots and not many people knew about, so no one could follow us. This is like some like legit camping, not like some like traditional like those are the spots camp there. Getting the right camping spot is serious in my family. Our father was the person who took us camping while my mother stayed at home. We joked that because she had spent so much time looking after us kids while dad got to go to work to get a break that he had to deal with all eight children on camping trips. Hot damn. Appreciation for our mother. Hell yeah. I'm the second youngest and always have looked rather slight. I have always been a night owl, so I tended to be one of the last children to go to bed. This meant that I had to put out the fire and check everything was locked and put where wildlife couldn't get to. An easy trade-off for getting to stay up late for a 10-year-old. It's true. Staying up late at camping, some of the best staying up late you can get. Around the campfire was always story time. We would be taught our favorite children's stories in Latvian and German, folklore from the old country, and names of constellations. If you couldn't tell, I love camping. It holds some of my favorite memories. One night, 
As each of my siblings had peeled off to go to bed, my, and my father and I were sitting pointing out constellations, he stands up and he says, I need to chuck a piss. Yes, that's a common saying. They claim. Amazing. Apparently. I'm not claiming that. Uh, Anna is. So I should start checking everything before we go to put out the fire. And he goes off in the direction where we have set up our toilet. I go about the usual routine when I hear my nickname being called that is only used by my family members. Ruh-roh. I can't make out whose voice it is, so I ignore it. I hear it again, and this time it sounds kind of like my father's, but off. I hear my nickname being called again. Very clearly my father's voice this time, but it's coming from the opposite direction he (gasps) went in. Then I hear help in my father's voice. I grab the torch and stand at the edge of our campsite, shining in the direction I hear my name. I don't see anything out of the ordinary. After about 10 seconds, I hear a deep, firm, masculine voice. What the hell do you think you're doing? (gasps) It was my father. I tell him I thought I heard him calling, but it came from the wrong direction. So I stayed within the camp and checked before waking my siblings to assist. My father looked furious. He grabbed my hand and did all the checks again while holding my hand very firmly, and we went to bed. He never spoke of it again, but since then, he would relieve himself before the second last person would go to bed, and he would make sure to do the last checks in groups of two or more. Yikes. Yikes. Also, what good instincts. Like, it is very smart to not go running at the first thing that sounds like someone calling. I would absolutely do exactly. that. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Scary. I like that this dad, like... Knows like he knows there's something out there, and he's like, yeah. "I gotta, I gotta protect everybody for this thing." Let's not fuck with it. So you're gonna make us wait until later for your second email? I am. I'm gonna Damn wait I. until until we've uh we've refilled our drinks and everything. Be like, All right, that. let's go do it. So Julia, you know that we love learning. That's why we have this podcast. We love learning about people's weird, random stories from their hometowns, the scary shit they did as a teenager, the creepy stuff that their kids say. Mm-hmm. We love the creepy shit. And we also love learning on Skillshare, which is our sponsor this week. So on Skillshare.com slash spirits, you can learn about literally anything. Well, maybe not literally, but pretty much. Skillshare has over 20,000 classes in everything from like design to business to arts and crafts, cooking, technology, and more. And the best part is the premium membership gives you unlimited access to high quality classes with like these must know topics. So you can prove your skills, unlock new opportunities, and do the work that you like honestly really love. I have been watching a lot of cooking shows lately. I just watched yeah. Ratatouille last night um, because when I'm sad, Ratatouille makes me happy. And so I was checking out Think Like a Chef, a beginner's guide to cooking with confidence. And it teaches you all the like the basic knife skills and stuff like that that one needs to have if you're going to cook things. And it's honestly, it was just such a blessing. Well, I'm glad that you were advancing your actual skills because uh, I was also on Skillshare last night watching a class called DIY Clay Sculpting, where a very soothing teacher made adorable little hamburgers out of clay. They were just (laughs) making tiny little foods out of clay. And it was so soothing. It was it's like it's like my ASMR. I love watching speed runs. And I love watching people make little uh, barbecue foods out of clay. 
That's amazing. So you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with the special offer just for our listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. So to sign up, you go to Skillshare.com spirits. Again, that is Skillshare.com spirits uh, to get two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for only 99 cents. We love the folks at Skillshare. We love learning. We love teaching. So whether you want to learn something new, watch some soothing craft videos, or maybe even teach, you can go to Skillshare.com spirits. And now back to the show. I have an email here from Stephanie with uh, maybe the best subject of all time besides Cecil's haunted pizza. Stephanie writes haunted pizza. Yes. That sounds terrible. I don't want my pizza haunted. <laughs> That's fair. But as we've discussed, Italian food is haunted. I think oh, Italian fuck. food is inherently haunted. Italian American food, at least. Uh, and as is. a lactose intolerant person, all pizza is haunted for me. <laughs> in that it comes up later. No, no, we we no, no, we, we got, we got, we got, we got, got you. We didn't we didn't need any. We didn't need any we further didn't explanation. We kind of understand what you were talking about. If I ever meet Griffin McElroy at a party, we're just going to talk about IBS for a long time. And it's going to be great. Oh, buddy. Haunted that would pizza. Be great. Stephanie writes. I wanted to send this in since your Midnight Mary episode. So shout out to Grace McCrate. That was a long, long time ago, and it's a great episode. Yeah, uh, But only tonight got the courage to send it in. In short, I work at a haunted pizza restaurant. Not exactly the most exciting, I know. Um, Stephanie, check yourself. Yeah. This is very Don't sell, yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Don't Come sell on. yourself short. But as we are currently... I mean, she is right. She is right. It's not the most exciting. That's any restaurant that has spaghetti in the name. This it's is true. the second most this is exciting as type close of restaurant you can get to get without the word spaghetti coming up. Yeah. But as Stephanie says, we are currently on quite the streak of haunted Italian food. So I thought sharing my experiences with the community would only be appropriate. Correct. I live in the Las Vegas area and got my first job at a popular chain pizza restaurant several years ago. While in training, my managers would warn me that things would occasionally go missing and that they simply blamed it on the pizza ghost. As in, oh, the breadsticks never came out of the oven for this order? I could swear on my life I put them in there. Oh, well, I guess the pizza ghost stole them. We would chuckle at the joke and move on. No one I'm developing. I'm quickly developing a theory about <laughs> why... Why Italian food is haunted, Why? and uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get oh. back to it at the end of the episode. We'll get back to it at the end of the story. Such suspense. Okay, so we would chuckle at the joke and move on. No one took it seriously. A few months in, I was promoted to management, and that meant many times I was completely alone in the store, either before open or after everybody else left at close. This is when I started to notice things that you don't notice when everything is loud and you're very busy. What I found after a while was that we were not haunted by a ghost. We were, in fact, haunted by three ghosts. What? Oh, that's even? That's, that's three times the ghost? Three times worse. So or exciting. better, depending on your ju sense of judgment. Or depending on the ghost. It's fair. This is true. The first didn't say anything. They hung out near the front register. If you're up there alone, you may feel a very cold hand gently run its fingertips over that soft area between your neck and shoulder. Nightmare scenario, like Stephanie. Nightmare. Nightmare. Is a call out, whatever you call it, to all of our, our listeners, all of the people that write in. The more descriptive, the better, but also the more descriptive, the worse. Yeah. So, yeah. like, do both, but, like... But no. Know what, you're, what doing you're doing to us. us. 
please. That is also a very androgynous zone, and I don't want a ghost to be touching up on that. Sorry. Erogenous? No. It, yeah, that one too. <laughs> it's also an androgynous zone. I was she's just going to say, she's not no. wrong. I was just going to say, no one is allowed to touch that zone on me, including my partner, because I just get so ticklish, and like my shoulders go up to my ears, and it's it's so ticklish, I don't like oh, it. Oh, but don't, okay. I was going to be like, but don't you love it? But apparently not. Never mind. No. Not for me. That's that ASMR zone. All right. That was ghost one of three. So. Jesus. The second is a female that appears to live in our attic. You can regularly hear a female voice seeming to come from the ceiling calling out, hello? She seems to be confused like she has no idea where she is. There have been days where I will hear her three to four times. And she can be quite loud. A few employees will hear her at a time. We'll check out the lobby and sure enough, no customers. So we shrug it off. But... We all know we heard a voice. That's definitely a cat. You have a cat living. First off, why does your pizzeria have an attic? And second of all, there's a cat living <laughs> in your pizzeria attic. Wait, you're, are you suggesting that cats could say hello? <laughs> no, Sometimes. Okay, hold on one second. So first time I ever slept over at Jake's house, he has a cat. Ooh. And at three in the morning, I woke up because I heard a creepy child, like, like girl <laughs> oh, no. child voice going, Hello? 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 I'm like, and I wake him up. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And he's like, oh, it's just the cat. I'm like, why is your cat saying hello? He's just like, I don't know. She's just like, that's what she does when she wants to play. I'm like, but. uh, uh." So cats say hello, Eric. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay. Our cat. I think that's a nice lie Jake told you to get you to fall back asleep. (laughs) I heard it multiple times. And he also would be yeah, like, I'm oh, sure. yeah, have that's you, just wait, the ghost have, that lives in our you, house. Have you seen the cat say hello? Yes. Okay, okay. 100%. Well, that puts a, that I saw puts, the cat. A, that, the mouth moved. It said hello. I was like, okay, okay. well, it's right. the cat. Also, Jake so would tell me if it was so actually So you're suggesting story two has been debunked. We're now, debu- we're now ghost, ghost mythbusters over here. I am the shit. It's just a pizza cat, not a pizza it's ghost story. It's a pizza story cat. Too. I'm calling Listen, it now. Discovery Channel, you can pay us, frankly, any amount of money to have a, a myth-busting ghost show. We're here for it. I want it. Yeah, Yeah, we'll fight that, like, Zach guy that runs Ghost Hunters. Zach whatever Baggins. his name is. Zach yeah, Baggins. him. We'll have, the, we'll have his opposite show. Yeah, we are uh, photogenic. But, Ghost and Adventures were actually ghost something else. I couldn't remember. I couldn't think of a good word in time. We're photogenic. We're millennials. There are three of us. Give us a TV show. That's all we want. All right. Back to Stephanie's email. Uh, the third. Oh, the third. This one is a young man that lives in our walk-in fridge. I'm not sure how I know he's a young man. I just get that feeling. I remember my first experience with him was one of my first solo open shifts. I went into the fridge, leaving the door ajar behind me. A few moments That's later... That's a terrible shift. I've done that. I worked at Pizza Place, good. solo open. Oof, no good. I went into the fridge, leaving the door ajar behind me. A few moments later, slam! The door slammed shut as if somebody had thrown it closed. And the door had become ajar as well. Weird. <laughs> the door never closes that quickly. In fact, it usually doesn't close completely unless you make a point of pushing it all the way closed. So I was very suspicious. I left the fridge and checked the entire store. Nope, nobody came in early to try and haze me. I shrugged it off and went back into the fridge. Again, a few moments later, slam. 
I was so shaken that I propped the door open with a trash can the rest of the time I was in there. Smart. Solid choice. Over the next few days, workplace injuries started to increase. Nothing super serious. Getting the occasional paper cut from a cardboard box is standard, but these increased drastically around the store, along with many unexplained bruises and in a few cases, things falling off the shelves and hitting people. I was sure that it was nothing. I guessed we must have just been having an off week. Until I was walking through the store one day, and a stack of plastic lids threw itself across the building. Now to paint the picture, I was in the back of the store, and I turned to look at another one of the managers who was sitting at the desk. Between us was the dish sink to my left, and a shelf of plastic bins and such to my right. A whole stack of lids was flung off of the shelf, and didn't simply topple to the ground. Rather, it flew parallel to the ground, about five feet, before crashing into the opposite wall, and finally tumbling into the sink below. It only took a moment, but the other manager saw the entire thing as well, and we were both terrified. In hindsight, though, it was very courteous of the ghost to make sure that most of the lids ended up in the sink instead of making a mess all over the floor. I don't know if that's what the ghost intended. I was on edge for a while after this. A few days later, it was my turn to try another solo open shift. Now, a large part of the opener's job is to check every label in the shop and discard anything that's expired before the store opens. That's every single label very thoroughly. Which means for someone inexperienced, sometimes up to an hour in the walk-in fridge. The super haunted fridge. Needless to say, I was less than thrilled. But it was my job after all, and I was determined to do it right. At this point, I was so scared, I didn't even want to hear anything out of the ordinary. So I put my headphones on and blasted music as loudly as I could. For good measure, I also sang quite loudly to drown out any ghostly noise that the music might not cover. No one got injured for a few days after that. It was strange, but I was grateful for the peace and continued my plan of listening to music and singing every morning. After a few weeks, it seemed like everything was pretty normal. But then I got bronchitis, and I didn't want to risk losing my voice, so I didn't sing in the mornings for about a week and a half. And the injuries started up again. I recovered, I started singing again, and the injury stopped. Finally, it hit me. The ghost loves music. The ghost loves karaoke. I've worked at this restaurant for nearly five years now, and I try to sing in the fridge a little bit every single shift that I work. And we haven't had any problems since. I almost forgot about some of this until we hired a cook a few months ago who was terrified of our walk-in. She was so scared she avoided it whenever possible and outright refused to ever go in alone. And then she quit after only a few weeks. Some of my coworkers thought it was claustrophobia, but I, of course, hold a different theory. Things have been pretty peaceful for the last few years. All three of them still hang around. And if you guys ever find yourselves in the Las Vegas area, feel free to swing by for some haunted pizza. Here's my theory. Yes. Pasta... And pizza is haunted by mob members. The mob, traditionally Italian, loves spaghetti. Also, the mob heavily involved in the construction of all the stuff in Las Vegas. So lots of mob members were in Las Vegas. And it's a pizza shop. I'm just saying you got Al Capone. You got (laughs) the Godfather. Those are the two mob guys I can think of off the top <laughs> of my the head. The only two. The only two. Fun Long Island fact. Lots of times driving around or to family parties and stuff, my parents would be like, that's a mob guy's house and point out like big ostentatious houses where actual mobsters lived, uh, which was very funny. Hey, remember when a girl who went to our school, her dad like went away for a while and it was because he was in jail doing mob shit? Yeah, I do. I super yeah. do. 
Eric, I, I like your theory, but I thought you were going to bring up Alexander the Great. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, listen, <laughs> Wait, you know, why? conquering Italy. I don't know. That's just the first name that came to mind. That's just the first name that came to mind. So our next email is actually from Aaron, who is our good friend and also our good friend Misha Stanton's fiance. So hey, Aaron. What up, Aaron? Hello. Uh, and so this was one that she had originally told me at PodCon, and then I asked her to send it in, and we've put it off for so long, and now I feel bad. But it's good, and there's creepy children involved, so I figured it was relevant to our interests. Boom, boom, boom. So in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, there is an all-girls school. Uh, there is not a lot of public information available since this school caters to the most elite families in the world where you better, uh, hide your princesses. Like literally princess Anne is an alumni and there's a ton of like kids from Hollywood and stuff. Uh, then a school tucked in the square of the middle of Appalachia, I guess, uh, tuition is crazy, but the summer camp they run is even crazier. I got a chance to work in the writing program at the school the summer before my junior year. Part of the job was dealing with 7- and 12-year-olds with very high opinion of themselves. Read tiny, stuck-up little bints who would have been given real housewives of anywhere a run for their money. Since counselors got their own cottage, we didn't see the girls after bedtime. So it was pretty weird when I looked out our second-story window at well after 10 p.m. and saw a girl walking past our place towards the barns. The kids tried to sneak off during the day to see the horses all the time. Seriously, these kids had zero concept of money. They all had their personal horses trailered at home for a week-long camp. Uh, One was a prize jumper from California. The owner was eight years old. Eight years old. Wow. But they knew they had, uh, but they knew they would get kicked out if they pulled crap after lights out. And I didn't recognize the girl, though. She had short, dark hair and was wearing nighties and laced-up boots. It didn't really matter. She was out of bed and in a world of trouble for it. So I pointed her out to my roommate, Liz. I went to get the kid while she got our barn manager to confront the issue. By the time I... Great job. I know. Solid barn planning. manager. By the time I got outside, this girl was up the street and across the green, which used to be a cemetery. Not relevant, but also a fun note anyway. By the time I got to the lake... Wait, used to be a cemetery? It's the poltergeist all over again. Great point, Eric. Great point. Things, things should ever used to have been a cemetery. I can, he- I can say hear a an ice cream truck in the background in my recording. <laughs> and I was like trying to ignore it, but also I really want ice cream anyway. Okay. By the time I got to the lane leading to the barn, she was almost there. I thought maybe she was one of my girls. Athena, yes, really. Since she was wearing a nightgown and her hair was in a bob, I relaxed, figuring that this would probably be an easy conversation with my one really homesick kid. Maybe even convince the manager to let her stay at the camp. And then I saw the loose horse walking down the hill. Joy. I I was sure it was Tucker. He was a big, gray, old-as-hell dressage horse who put up with everything under the saddle but was also half-blind in his near side and spooked easily in low light. So, shit. Now the situation was dangerous, both for the kid and the horse and me, but, like, whatever. Luckily, I heard Liz and our boss coming up the hill behind me, so I figured I had sufficient backup to deal with this. I called Athena firmly so I wouldn't scare Tucker, but let him know that we were there. The girl jumped and looked at me. I didn't know her. 
there's a small town built around the school, so I figured she was a local. So I said, honey, step off the road away from the horse, okay? We don't want him getting hurt or you stepped on. Then the horse just disappeared. It walked away from us. It walked away from us up the hill and might have walked behind a screen because it was just gone. The kid was looking where it went and back at me. She looked super freaked. I don't know why I wasn't. I just kept going towards the kid. Her eyes were brown like her hair. Her nightgown was cream colored with lacy bits around the collar and cuffs that were tied around her wrists. I remember this because I was four feet from her. I remember thinking her boots looked super comfy and her crooked baby teeth made her look like my cousin's daughter. But why was she so scared of me? I wasn't mad. Three feet away and Liz yells at me to stop. I looked back at her and Ellen, the barn manager, and couldn't figure out why they looked freaked. It was just a kid. I heard the kid move and looked at her again. She was running up the hill and then vanished like the horse. Like a dry eraser just wiped her away. We never talked about that night between the three of us. I tried to bring it up, Why? but nobody nah. was interested <laughs> in our weird dream. We are. That three we of are. us had at the same time. I still wish I knew who she was, but I'm pretty sure what I walked up to wasn't a ghost. I think I was a ghost to her. No, no. Listeners, just so you know. <laughs> If I'm not speaking during one of these episodes, I'm violently shaking my head. Correct. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we can stop now. Don't need to keep going. And that. I always keep going. It was very good. I don't like the idea that we're all ghosts in. Someone else's story. A flip. A flip. We're like, oh, we're the undead ones. Yeah, that like crossing of the time streams is so creepy and so amazing. And I love it a lot, a lot. Should I do my friendly Eric friendly story? Tell us the Eric yeah. friendly story. All right. Do it. Now we've got part two, which is actually part one in their email from Anna about the Eric friendly story. So this one, not a bummer. <laughs> God bless. Excellent. Love it. Growing up, long road trips and camping were things that happened several times a year, as we've learned from, this fir- from the first story. We all get told the standard precautions. Don't go walking anywhere at night by yourself. Don't follow sounds or lights. If you get lost, stop where you are and shout, Cooey! No, don't do that. What flora and fauna to keep an eye out for and what to do when you encounter... Some of the natural nasties that are commonly encountered when moving further away from civilization. When I was in my early teens, my mother, younger brother, and I went for a road trip from our farming town just outside Brisbane to visit a sibling that lived in Darwin almost 3,500 kilometers away. All of my family have done this trip and trips like this, so very little to no excitement was expected. We had been driving for quite a while, but had yet to cross the border from Queensland into the Northern Territory as the sun was setting. There are many dangers on these large stretches of highway. You have, tr- you have road trains, which are giant trucks that pull crazy amounts of carts behind them. I have heard of these. It is wild. If anybody has experience about this, please let us know. 
I know nothing about these. I I need to Google them immediately after. It's this. like Mad Max Fury Road style trucking. It's wild. I mean that makes sense because Mad Max Fury Road is filmed in Australia. Yes. So well, good. And back when this occurred, there were open speed limits, so they went rather fast. Okay, so they're fast, very long cars. Horrifying. That's terrifying. Yes. Towing like incredible amounts of weight because the distances in Australia, like you, you can't drive across the continent and not stop for gas. So they just like make them as big and powerful and fast as possible to like get from point A to B. As the sun is setting, we need to pull over for the night, but we're about an hour or so from the next town. So we soldiered on. As it became completely black, my mother noticed some lights coming up behind us. She pulled over thinking it was a road train. You don't fuck with road trains. I need to know more about these road trains. They sound amazing. <laughs> and was planning to follow it until the next town in that sweet wind tunnel that we wouldn't have to worry about the ruse as the road train would turn anything into a mushy pancake. <sighs> you know what? Road train would have been a great uh, item for fake or folklore because there's no way that someone who hasn't heard of it before would think it was real. I would it's like an 18 wheeler yeah. that's stretched like a human centipede. Like it's, would... it's serious. I would just assume why that it has to be a human centipede. Why can't it just be yeah, stretched like a regular centipede, Amanda? <laughs> why? I was wondering if you were going to say something. <laughs> also, a human centipede just three humans. That's not well, unless like, you watch that, that more th- recent one that's like a hundred people. Except for the third one, in which it's w- too long and just purely. Ridiculous. Hold on, hold on. I'm putting something in the chat. No, wait. unacceptable. Oh, wh- wait, which chat? Um, Where am I looking? In the Google Hangouts chat. In the Google oh, Hangouts oh, oh, she's clicked on wow, it. Oh, okay. Yes, click on it. Whoa, that's unbelievable. Don't it feels this. like we're high. We're not. We're just a little I, buzzed, but it I seems like we're high. I don't know why. Oh, this is a video. No, I'm not clicking yeah. on the video. I'm not doing it. <laughs> just, just the I won't still do it. It's too long. It's too long. I know. It's like it got caught in buffering and then didn't stop. And God was like, why? Yeah, that is literally exactly like it is. Or like when like something like does weird clipping in a video game and it just like keeps going. Or Mm -hmm. like the cards at the end when you win solitaire on like Windows 95. Hell yeah, that's exactly it. That's That's what this is. That is exactly what this is. Anyways, back to to our, our story. The lights started looking strange of what they thought was this road train just to bring everybody back to where we were. They were bobbing more than they should, and the colors kept changing. As they got closer, we still couldn't hear the road oh, train. No. I assume these things are pretty it loud. One would assume. It's ridiculous. It's like three miles long, it seems like. It had become eerily quiet, actually. We noticed there were three lights bobbing independently from each other. The lights then dramatically changed direction and were no longer following the road, but circling around the left-hand side of the car. In Australia, they drive on the left-hand side of the car. Just a few meters away. They seemed to bob for a little bit in the same spot on our left-hand side for a few minutes before speeding away at what seemed like an impossible speed. Our mother started up the car, and we continued into town as if nothing happened. She started telling us about the will-o'-wisps and fairy lights, why not to follow them, and that in Australia they are called min-min lights and are fairly common around where we were. I'm calling my shot. They're aliens. And then they tell us story two, which we've already covered. Uh, we cover in Waystation episode two the origins of Will of the Wisp and the like, kind of folklore behind it. 
as well as the very interesting take that Lost Girl decides to make. So uh, check out Waystation for more of that. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm just I I've become more enamored in these crazy long these crazy long cars. <laughs> oh no! And they are bonkers. Yes, please let me uh, draw your attention back to a creepy cool story from uh, Maina, whose name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Uh, So they say, hello, I've been binge listening to your podcast, and I thought you might like to know about my ghost story. Yes, listener. Yes. Yep, of course. So I grew up in a very small town in France, and I went to elementary school in a very old building. To get an idea, Google Corsair de Gessor. The seventh image is an old photo of the school which I will uh, include in our episode description here. Oh, tight. Just like a stone old schoolhouse. Cool. Love it. It had an attic, which the students rarely had access to. A, why do they have access at all? Bad idea. Don't allow anyone access to attics ever, (laughs) unless they're ghost cats, apparently. And B, no place of uh, education or commerce should have an attic, period. So uh, the attic, which students rarely had access to and was used for storage. Not the normal kind of storage, though. I swear you could find anything in that place. We once found a wooden gun that was used to prepare children for the war before World War One. What? Yikes. What the what? Yep. Yep. It was an object of myth for the kids because a lot of weird things happened there. These were mostly related to a statue in the storage whose eyes would follow people, which would disappear only to reappear in a completely different place. Julia is shaking her head and scowling. Oh, no. No. Wait. Wait, no, the there's a the eyes are on a statue, and it, the statue oh. follows you with its eyes, and it, the statue disappears, the and then reappears somewhere else. Yes. What the no, fuck? no, absolute no. What the absolute fuck? no? Unacceptable. We also heard of people suddenly getting scared for no reason, feeling a presence, or being pushed by nothing. These oh, all I sound like the reason. Goddamn creepy there statue. Was a there was definitely a reason. So. There was also a mystery surrounding a small wooden door the size of a window, which opened in a wall on the yard. That's some Coraline bullshit! (laughs) I like how many different parts of a house were in that sentence. I feel like every other word was a part of this. It was window, (laughs) door, wall, yard. It was amazing. It was a great sentence. I loved it. It would inexplicably open and close itself, and bad things tended to happen when it was fully open. We later found out that the other side of the door was actually the attic, which we couldn't see from outside because it was very high up. And people couldn't touch the door from inside the attic. Uh, They don't remember why, but it was probably blocked by a wall or something like that. So, like, no one could be opening the door because on the outside it was too high, and on the inside you couldn't actually get to it. Because it's some Coraline bullshit. Overlook hotel, the shining level of architecture that doesn't make any sense in reality. I'm real mad about this right now. (laughs) I don't know why weird architecture is making me the most (laughs) mad, but it is. It feels like it'd be something that should make me the most mad, but I am loving it. During our last year in the school, me and my friends started investigating this, and somehow we came to the conclusion that the thing in the attic was the ghost of a woman. It was malevolent, and that the statue was its sidekick. That's what we thought at first, at least. But as we investigated, the ghost started communicating with us. At the time, we thought it was giving us clues, but now I'm not sure. And somehow that didn't feel threatening or mean at all. Why? The way she communicated felt almost protective. Though I don't know how accurate younger me's ghost vibe reading was. Probably not super accurate. Just like putting it out there. 
<laughs> okay, Julia. Maybe it was right, though. I don't know. Now my theory was that the woman was a teacher that something happened to in connection with the statue, which I think is some sort of evil spirit. And maybe that's the reason we initially thought that the woman was malevolent because we were confusing her and the statue. Maybe the statue, and then in parentheses, man, four question marks, correct, murdered the teacher. But I don't really want to consider that possibility. I think the reason why nothing really bad ever happened to anyone in the attic might be because the teacher is there to prevent the statue from harming kids. Maybe she even tries to scare the children off before the statue can get to them, but I'm not quite sure. Anyway, I don't live in that place anymore, and I don't think any of the younger children I know still go there, so I don't know if they still talk about the attic and the ghost. The reason I sent you the story is, in your first Urban Legends episode, you talked about how there's never any ghost from after the Civil War, and I definitely think this one is more recent than that. On that subject, it would be really interesting if you talked about a more modern ghost, maybe from the wars, like World War I, World War II, etc. And that's with love from Maina. Now, now I want to think about all the modern ghosts, and I love all of our modern ghosts. All of all of our spaghetti modern ghosts. So I also ghosts. want to hear about different cuisines. Like, if you work in a Japanese restaurant, like a good or Thai Indian restaurant, restaurant or something like good that, Indian restaurant, tell me about Chinese the ghost restaurant, there. salad I bar. I, I can't recall if we've done an episode that was specifically like food. A food roundup. Yes, we have done. A, we've been, no, we have done a food roundup, but we haven't done a. Okay, food we did a food roundup. roundup. We would like to do a food roundup of like haunted restaurants, though. So, if like, if you can, if you send us a urban legend involving food in the next month or two, by the end of the year, we will hopefully be able to do an urban legends episode that is just haunted restaurants. That's Any style dream. of restaurant. Is I'm going to make that tag in our email right now so we can save the yes, restaurant-related yeah. ghost stories. Yeah. Put restaurant in the subject line. Because we, we're like we're like honing into our extreme, <laughs> extreme niche, oh, which yeah. is haunted food. And it took us two and a half years to get we there, there, but we are we got we're, it. we're quartering the market in the podcast world. Listen, all we need are seven or eight emails. Put restaurant or food in the subject line, and we will find it. I'm especially interested in like ice cream places and froyo bars. Why? Like, I want. Oh, I yeah. want. No, you can't that, eat no those I agree. Because like, that because that's such a that's such like a a happy go lucky place. That's like oh yeah, Eric. That's why I want to fuck myself up with ghosts and also dairy. Yeah. The ice cream place by by my house when I was growing up did burn down, and they Ooh. replaced it with another ice cream place. <gasps> that was probably haunted. <laughs> At least three people died there. That oh no! It's called the Cone Zone. <laughs> That's not a joke. That's not a joke. That is what 100 percent what it was called. You know, you know what they say and about basketball? <laughs> because here's the thing: it sounds like a joke that I would make. It is not a joke. It was called the Cone Zone. I remember the sign. It was yellow. It was an ice cream cone. It said Cone Zone. And then uh, down the street was Zero Zest, and Zero Zest is still kicking. The Cone Zone got replaced with. Uh, with Honey Hut, which is a local, which is a local uh, ice cream place. Do you have to have which... rhyming or alliteration to be a business in Ohio? <laughs> yes, it's a legal statute. <laughs> in which, uh, in which, uh... Wait, what was Zero Zest? D- is it is it a, a restaurant that has no that? citrus? No seasoning whatsoever in Zero None. Zest. None! None! 
<laughs> zero zest? Zero zest is kicking. You know what? I'll include a picture of zero zest. Um, <laughs> Tell in us. The, uh, zero zest will be a picture for the $2 patrons on uh, on Patreon that get uh, our episode bonuses. I'll include a Google Street View picture <laughs> of zero zest. Um, also, I think there's a picture on my Instagram, which is at I'm Eric Schneider. That's not like a plug for me, but if you like want to like, if you really want to look at it, then you could probably find it somewhere in there. Anyways, Honey Hut's a local ice cream place in which they have actual honeybees oh and they like God. add a bit of honey to okay, all Okay, that's wholesome and pure. Let's return to what the fuck Zero Zest is. I don't know. I don't know. They had something cool. I mean, they just, they had something called an avalanche, which was the same as a blizzard. What? I always liked those. Uh, is Eric, it like you a are weird useless. friendly? Is that what you're, uh, 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 no, no, useless. it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, it's like a separate I'm lightheaded building. Like right a now. single building that's only open <laughs> the f- like four months of the summer. Why? And then they serve you ice cream. But, I can't, uh, I can't anymore. It's on State Road. It's across the street from the old State Road Elementary Don't School. give me that's any more useless now. facts, Schneider. I can't. I need to know the right. level of zest. Apparently, it's zero. Well, if we, we get always this joked up. about it because there used to be a, a deodorant called zest, so we'd love we <laughs> we would make jokes about that. Well, well, you've murdered uh, me. I'm a ghost now. You so. have murdered us. Well, on that confusing and frankly disheartening note, <sighs> I think it's time for us to pack on up. Again, send us your food and restaurant-related myths. We would love to do some roundups. Uh, if you work at a TV station, give us a TV show. We'll go. We'll show up. We will eat so you don't have to. It's going to be great. Po- point of order. You do still have to eat. <laughs> we'll Even eat if we show up, you in do still places. have to eat. I'll eat haunted yeah, We don't food. want people thinking that if we're eating, they are getting sustenance. Legally... You still have to eat. I will. I will still eat some fettuccine al alfredo. Yeah, Ooh. I'm done. All right, podcast over. <laughs> and remember, listeners, stay creepy, stay cool, stay pasta. Fuck. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.